ever thrown you the curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here. I want to take a moment to welcome you to another episode of the Living Your Legacy show. On this show, we interview legacy makers, average, ordinary people who are out there creating extraordinary legacies, and the professionals who support them because the reality is no legacy maker does it alone. We also offer ideas, which has come up most recently in my audience, for people who are listening to this and thinking, I would love to create a legacy, but I have no idea what my legacy could be. So we're offering some solutions and suggestions in that area as well. And today, I am super excited to have a guest on who's got some really cool story and some tips and strategies that can help you to create a legacy that you love. So let me tell you about my new friend, Kathy. Kathy Dirksen is the founder of her company called Inspired Tenacity Global Solutions, Inc. I love that name, Inspired Tenacity, and I'm going to ask her about it. She is a disruptor and a catalyst dedicated to improving the lives of women in her community and around the world. Kathy helps women rediscover their brilliance, also awesome, find their voice and create a life they love. Now, who doesn't want more (laughs) of that? Kathy is an international speaker and get this folks, a 12 time number one bestselling author, not just once, not just twice, 12 times. We're going to ask her about that. She has created a platform for women to share their wisdom and inspiring stories in collaborative books. And if you don't know what that is, we're going to define it for you. Taking them from chapter to concept to best-selling author in a simple, exciting process. There is so much here that I am excited to dig into. But first, welcome, Kathy. Super happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Michelle. I love being here. Awesome. So Kathy, I always start out uh, my podcast calls with this question. And it's this, when you were in grade four, what did you want to be when you grow up? And did you do it? Well, I always like to say I've been a biologist since the age of three. Wow. My entire childhood, I was always curious about living things. I would come home with pockets full of worms and various frogs and things I had found along the way. I bet your mother loved that. (laughs) Well, you know, she tolerated it quite well. For the longest time, I had a zoo in my room. So I had terrariums of all sorts and every spiders were really the only thing I wasn't too fond of. But Mm -hmm. but yes, snakes, lizards, frogs, insects, (laughs) 
my dad was allergic to fur, so he couldn't have a lot of furry things. So I guess right. I substituted furry things for the. <laughs> well, that's very cool. You must have had the coolest bedroom in your block. <laughs> for sure. And did you pursue that to go into the sciences? Actually, yes. My original career, I worked in medical genetics. So it was wow. right at the time when genetics was turning into genomics and Dolly the sheep and all the cloning was going on and the human genome project. And, and I, I I see genetics and genomics kind of, of you know, the, the core of biology, you know, really the, digging deep into the, that mystery and the magic of what is life. So, mm. so yes, I, I did follow that passion and interest and I, I still follow the field and mm -hmm. like to know what's going on, but haven't worked in that area for a while now. So what was that transition that got you from all this lovely science stuff over into collaborative books? Because they're not necessarily sort of something you would think is going hand in hand. No, no, you are right there. And actually, I've gone through two complete career changes mm -hmm. in the last 12 years. So, yep. so yes, yeah, so about 12 years ago, I was at a time in my life when I just was realizing that a lot of things were not okay. Mm -hmm. My marriage had become very toxic and abusive. My workplace at the time was also extremely negative. And I really considered it was damaging my health mm. and well-being just being there. And so I'd come to the point where I realized I needed to change big things. Mm -hmm. And I describe it like I threw my life up in the air and reinvented it on the way back down. So I... Wow. Left the marriage, left the workplace, had two teenagers at the time. So set out on my own to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life and mm -hmm. how to do it as a single mom. Wow. And at that time, I, I knew that I wanted to be doing things that were more one-on-one -on -one with people. Mm -hmm. And I also felt that calling to really support women that were going through big changes and big decisions of their own. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I went into financial planning. Because I felt that was an area that a lot of women felt they needed support. And that's, I think it so still I, is. Yeah, exactly. And so I went into it with this big vision of truly having an impact on women's lives. Mm -hmm. And after 10 years of working in the big banks and investment companies, realized that I, you know, you're so controlled in that industry of what mm -hmm. you can say and how you can present things and what yep. the angle is and and just, again, realized if I was truly going to have this impact, I felt the calling that I was to have, mm -hmm. that I would have to do it my way. Right. And so it's been three years ago now that I, again, walked away clean from, <laughs> from that whole career and started fresh as an entrepreneur, figuring out what it was I was here to do. And, and at first I thought I was looking at kind of a, a coaching model, but mm -hmm. again, kind of I've gotten quite good at listening to my intuition and I thought, no, that's not quite right. So I kept kind of fine tuning and fine tuning and I become involved in book projects in 2019. Mm -hmm. And at that time I got involved with them. It was a group here that was creating these books and I, I really connected with one of the titles they were doing. Mm -hmm. And I, I describe it like it really is. It calls you when the right title comes along it's like, there's no question about it. You have a story that needs to be in that book. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I started with the books. And at that time, I had no plan of doing more books. I had no plan of making it a career path. I was just sharing my story 
with that vision, I was going to be helping other women going through similar things. Mm -hmm. And yes, as you mentioned, I am now 12 published books in under my belt. And actually, by the end of this month, it'll be 14. There's two more that are coming out. And again, I do, I get involved in other people's projects mm -hmm. and I also create my own projects. So I, I love anthologies and I feel that there is so much value in participating in them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes around building your network, sharing your story, building your business through the visibility and other tools that come with it. But yes, I, it has become <laughs> something I never would have imagined. If you'd asked me five years ago, did I plan on getting into publishing as a career path? Mm -hmm. I would have laughed at you. There you <laughs> and go. now it's what I do. <laughs> That's amazing. So let's just kind of go back a little bit. If somebody is hearing you using the term collaborative book, and this is yes. a new term for them, what is that? Yes. Yeah, so, and that's always one of the things I play around with. There's different words that people use and trying to find one that's actually a common. I find that there's not too many. I haven't really found one word that mm -hmm. is commonly understood as what it is. Mm -hmm. So anthology, compilation book, collaboration book, multi-author book. So one of the best or most common known examples I can think of is Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm -hmm. So that whole series, each book is made up of individual chapters that were written by different people. And each chapter is a standalone story. Mm -hmm. And so with the books that I do, they're all nonfiction. So they're they're true stories of people's lives. And so each one of my books generally contains 20 to 25 women from around the world. Mm -hmm. And each book has its own theme. So the women are writing and sharing their journey, their own experience, what they've learned along the way, and those tips and strategies for the reader to you know, gain some knowledge from their chapter. Mm -hmm. And so... So last year I launched three books and right now I've got about six different books in the works right now on different themes. So, <laughs> wow, that's pretty exciting. A collaboration book. So let's go back to one of the challenges around writing a book when somebody mm -hmm. feels or somebody, I mean, it's been said to me lots of times, you should write a book and I'm sure other people have heard this, but that whole Thinking about that whole process, start to finish, from idea in my head yeah. to tangible physical book in my hand, that's a whole lot of stuff. And for a lot of people, it feels very daunting. They're not sure they could fill all those pages or what do I say or I don't even know where to start. I need, you know, a lot of help on this. And so people just drop the idea kind of like a hot potato. They're like, Ugh. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. So yeah. how is being a part of a compilation book? How does it address that? Yes. And, and I would agree with you that many, many, many people have a dream to be a published author. Many of them do start that idea. Some actually start putting things on paper. Mm -hmm. I've talked to people that have been working on their book for five years, 10 years, even 20 years. Wow. I've heard of people that are working on their book. And a lot of it is the overwhelm of mm -hmm. this whole thing. Another mm -hmm. huge part is imposter syndrome. So talk a little mm -hmm. about that. I find what stops a lot of people for, from actually jumping into doing their book and finishing it 
is that those little voices in our head that keep saying, well, who are you to think you're an author? You're not an author. You've never written anything. And, and just that I find slows down so many people and stops them from getting very far. Mm-hmm. And so both of those are something that is addressed by doing these collaboration books because you're only writing one chapter. Mm-hmm. You're working with a team of people. So you're all working together on this. So you've got that support from the the group, the publishing group you work with, working with. You've got the support of the other authors in the project. Mm-hmm. You've got a set theme and a guideline that you're working on. And you're only doing one chapter. Mm-hmm. But when that book gets launched and released, we use Amazon as our publishing system that we use for doing our bestseller campaigns. Mm-hmm. Once that book is out and it has reached the status of bestseller, international bestseller, mm-hmm. every one of the authors in that book can claim that title, that they are an author, they are an international bestselling author. And once you, like you're saying, you're holding your book in your hand, mm-hmm. like that's pretty good evidence to stop those voices in your head that, hey, you know what? I can write. Mm-hmm. I have written. I am an author. Mm-hmm. And and I find in a lot of cases that helps people to step over that challenge and then really jump into finishing their book. Or they can be like me and just do a whole bunch more of these anthology projects because <laughs> I love publishing. But I, I I often I've started thinking about creating my own solo book. Mm-hmm. But so far, it's just kind of stewing in my mind of what exactly would I focus on and, mm-hmm. and what would my approach be on it. Mm-hmm. So one of these days, I will also jump into doing a solo book. But I so far just love doing these anthology projects where you really meet a whole new network of people. You get involved with a lot of different, we always build into the project, different podcast opportunities like this, Mm -hmm. different summits, different other, other ways of creating visibility for yourself and your business. Mm -hmm. So it, it really becomes kind of a package of creating something bigger in your business or even just around your message for people that aren't necessarily in business. And let's talk a little bit about that. So, because again, lots of people have never gone through a process like this. So they don't really maybe understand all of the steps and the strategy in it. So let's assume somebody is creating their legacy. Maybe they're creating a nonprofit organization or they're um, working, launching a school somewhere or something, something that really gives back into their community. They write a chapter being a part of a collaborative book and they get the book. You talked a few times now about visibility. What are some things that you could do with this book to forward your goal in your legacy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's actually several different ways that being in a book and reaching that best-selling status helps to build visibility as well as credibility, authority in your field. And one of them is the simple fact of having the title mm-hmm. best-selling author in your profile. It's amazing how that gives you a bit more um just the authority people automatically give to someone who is an author. Mm-hmm. If you are doing conventions, events, to bring your book with you and to be able to do signing things, be able to share your story in those books, mm-hmm. again, is a, a way for building that. 
we always build in these opportunities like this one with the podcasts where you are building and reaching a whole new wider audience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things too, with all these projects being, well, you've got 25 people from around the world. Now, when we go to launch the book, each of those people, their networks are amplifying each other. Mm -hmm. So now it's not just you and your network promoting the book. You're now with 25 other people whose networks are amplifying every message in that book. Yeah. So that's definitely a few of the ways that the books can do that directly. I love the visibility piece of kind of like edifying or proving a yes. little bit that, you know, you kind of are who you say you are or, um, you know, being able to share it with somebody that, uh, you know, here is my chapter, I'm in this book. And then somebody looks at that and it kind of elevates your status almost right out of the gate because they look at you and go, well, that's cool. And sometimes it can help you get past the gatekeepers in organizations oh, yes. that you might want to go to. It makes a great gift. And and I'm putting this in air quotes for the podcast, folks. Um, It, it can be a gift like Certainly you can send it to your mom and your siblings and things like that. Right. And you should. Um, but in terms of, for example, if you wanted to connect with a CEO who's very busy and you are not on their radar by gifting them a copy of your book. And if you're very strategic, you could put a bookmark in it right at the page that your chapter starts, right. With a little note or maybe a postcard that you've written a note on that you've placed in there. They don't receive those things very often. So it stands out. And then they look at it, see your name, maybe even read the entire chapter, or at least peruse the chapter, look at your bio. Now, the next time you email, phone call, text message, whatever, however you're trying to reach them, your name is no longer a stranger, right? They're like, oh, why do I feel like I know that name, right? And so it can get past the gatekeeper, the people who are keeping you from connecting with the CEO. Um, so those are some pretty extraordinary ways to use that. Plus, um, you know, obviously you can have some copies of the book yourself to sell or give away to use as a marketing tool for what you're trying to achieve, whether that's in a business or you're creating a legacy and you want people to know about what you're doing. You can use it if you've got a course as like a textbook per se or a workbook that goes with a course that you're teaching or you're running or you envision running, right? There's so many ways to use it to promote your message to help. I mean, really you're only limited by your own lack of creativity or limitations that oh, you impose yeah. on yourself. Right. Yes. And that's amazing. I love what you said there too, about providing opportunities for your authors to gain even more momentum out of the book. So whether that's opportunities to attend as speakers, summits, sometimes to be a panelist, um, virtual summits are certainly very popular now, and that's a worldwide audience or um, to get on podcasts like this one, to be able to connect with the kind of hosts who are talking about the topic that is passionate to you, a good alignment there to have you be part of that. I love that. And that's a great way to support people because truthfully, most of us don't know the slightest thing about this. We're getting into it and we want someone to hold our hand. And as we're kind of going through the process, we're like, okay, I don't even know what to do next. Like, okay, I submitted my, my, my chapter. Now what? And so you're telling me the book is ready. Now what? And then now I have it in my hand. Now what? 
right? Because we really don't know what to do. And for most of us, this is a brand new experience. So you're not savvy at all the things. So having you being there to kind of coordinate that and hold people's hands and guide them, well, that's an awful lot less scary. Oh, definitely, definitely. And like you're saying too, feeding off of each other with these ideas of how to promote yourself again with the book. Mm -hmm. I've had some of the ladies in my projects one took some books out to Europe and she actually did like a little mini book tour and had you know, little speaking in little cafes where her connections out there brought people together. And and quite often with um, the different book stores around places, if they know that you're a local author, mm-hmm. they'll bring in those books and they will welcome you to come do a book signing. And so, again, what a great way to build you know, PR for yourself is, hey, look at me doing a book signing here at my local store. Mm-hmm. And and I, I wanted to wrap it back over to your the legacy theme as well. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of different ways that, that these books build onto a legacy. Part of that is simply you're sharing your story mm-hmm. in a physical book. And one of the things I love about physical books, they last forever. Mm-hmm. My mom's got some books that are over a hundred years old. Wow. You know, when will your grandkids and your great, great, great grandkids pick up your book with your story wow. and really hear your voice of what, what the challenges were you, what that you went through. One of my books last year was called Embrace Courage. Mm-hmm. So people are sharing the journey that they've been through in their life and, you know, how they got through things and what they would suggest other people do next. And Quite a few of the chapters in my books, women are talking about, you know, what they've gone through as a child, what their challenges were as they grew up, what they're doing now to really shift that. So, I mean, what a thing to, for the next generations to pick up and mm-hmm. really have it in your words, what you went through. Mm-hmm. One of the other ways that I see legacy tying into it, a lot of my books are focused, you know, again, on how do we give our knowledge and wisdom to help the reader Mm -hmm. so in a way by you sharing your story and your wisdom the reader then picks that up and changes their life with it which then changes their next generation which changes the next generation like that's another legacy that you're creating by sharing your story Mm -hmm. and your you know your tools and strategies and ways to get over challenges Mm -hmm. in a book you for being a part of the living your legacy podcast community in 2022 we can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year we've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you the living your legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots we found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience we'd love to help you get your message out let's discuss this Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. So inspiring right there, because you're right. I have read books and the author I have never met, but their message has truly inspired me. Or there was a gem or a sentence in there that I'm like, I needed that. And you hang on to those words um, to help you work your way through whatever you're working your way through. And the thought that a book 
or being in a collaborative book could have a similar effect, that's a pretty profound legacy just in and of itself. And you don't even know. You don't know who you've no, reached exactly. out to. You don't know necessarily who's reaching it. I love the idea that one of your authors did a little mini book tour through Europe. Oh my no, gosh, how fun. I'm do that one of these days. I know. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And I don't have a book. So I, you know, first on. things first, clearly. <laughs> but I thought, wow, that is so much fun. And so you can really get creative with this, oh, yes. um, right? Um, you can... Um, offer books to libraries in your travels. There are lots of libraries who would accept a book and put it on their shelf, right? Because um, they obviously don't have lots of money to go buy books. So having an author come in and say, I was part of this. I'm wondering if you might be able to put this on your shelf somewhere. Again, you just don't know what opportunities are there, right? Or maybe you have a friend who's a physician or a dentist and has a waiting room. Right. You can offer them a copy of the book to put on the coffee table. Lots of places have coffee table books and magazines and things that you can look at while you're waiting. Once again, you don't know who may pick it up and go, oh, my gosh, I only read two pages of this. And then I got called in for my appointment, takes a picture of the book, wants to get a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. Right. There's so many things that are not specifically business oriented, but can certainly promote your message. Or if you're creating a legacy, say, for example, around, say something around cancer research, um, there's a lot of cancer treatment places you could offer to leave copies of your book there. And again, now you're reaching an audience who's going to be very receptive to your message because it's the life they're living. So there's so many opportunities there to use that to to create goodwill in the world, to create good things, not just your book, but to use your book to create amazing things and amazing legacies. And I love what you said about your grandchildren and great grandchildren. Mm -hmm. You know, imagine that you've written a book and your granddaughter or grandson picks it up and your son or daughter says, yeah, the, I remember that time with my mom. Now there's a whole family conversation that might've never happened if mm -hmm. the book wasn't there, right? Or when they read it to say, maybe I didn't even know this about my, my mom or my dad. I did not know that they were going through this or that they'd had this experience. And this was an eye opener for me. Again, great family conversations there around those things. Um, so just such an amazing opportunity to reach into the world in a way people haven't really thought about. So let's circulate if this is really interesting people, um, uh, to some tips or some strategies. How would people, what's a good, some good suggestions for people to go and start researching? Because there are people in the world doing compilation books. Of course, there are also people in the world scamming people. And so how, what, what kinds of things can people ask or look for that will help them to decide? Yeah, no, definitely. I would agree. And actually, this point that you make is one of the ways that I that really kind of got me sparked the idea that, hey, I can do this. This is what I need to be doing mm -hmm. was at one point I was in the middle of two different book projects. There were other people's projects and mm -hmm. one was amazing, smooth. Everything was so professionally done. The other one was a total nightmare. And the whole time we were wondering, is this even going to happen? Where did she go? Right. You know, things like that. So it was mm -hmm. when I was in the middle between those two, 
And I thought, oh, my God, this should be just simple and easy and fun. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to do. I am going to make this simple, easy and fun. And so definitely a few of the things to look at is the track record. So go back and look what other books have this group done? Have they, you know, have they been six, um, publishing a lot? Is this their first project? You know, who's their community? Who else could you talk to? Mm-hmm. Because really they should have a few books already done and they should be able to supply you with other people that have been in the project. Right. Like a reference. So you could do a reference feedback. check. Yes. Yeah. Was it a, was it a good experience? Was it, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And as far as finding who's doing these kind of things, mm-hmm. there, like you say, there are quite a few different groups that are creating book projects. Mm-hmm. Part of what I would look at is what is the kind of the theme of the community. Mm-hmm. And right now, I actually work with four different publishing groups. Wow! And part of that is that there are different communities. So when you're creating a book, you want and you're going to be launching it. You want to be launching it in a community who is on board with that theme. Mm -hmm. So one of the publishers that I work with, she's more on the spiritual end. Mm -hmm. So if if someone comes to me and they're working on a a solo book and it's on that kind of theme, I'll bring her to that publisher that works in that more of the spiritual community. Right. Makes total sense. Whereas some of the other publishers are focused more on the business community, you know, C-suite and other entrepreneurial things. So that group of people isn't necessarily going to be as welcoming of a book about woo-woo spirituality things. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. so really picking which publisher and what their theme is, what community they're focused on, I find is a big, a big thing to look at as well. Mm-hmm. That makes total sense. You're absolutely right. If I want to write something on again, maybe it's it's sort of you know, around being a a cancer survivor or something along that line, a C-suite executive, this is probably, I mean, they may pick it up because maybe somebody in their life has had this experience, but they're not my audience. They're not the people this is going to truly resonate with, right? Whereas if I'm writing something that is more business focused, that is more um, in alignment with what they're doing and where they're at, clearly that's a book then they'd be like, Hey, this interests me. I'll pick that up and read it. So you're, you're right. That's so important. I hadn't even thought about that, Mm -hmm. that depending on who you want to write this for, or what you're being included in, in terms of the theme, having a publisher that is connected in that realm is going to make it because again, they have a sort of intrinsic understanding of where you're coming from and they can relate to you better. And they can also guide you in how to how to share this and have a network to share it too. Never thought about that. That's brilliant. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I do work with a few different publishers because I do, you know, with different themes that come up and, and, and like I said too, I do support people that are working on their solo books. Mm-hmm. So helping them kind of coaching them through that whole process and what they're working on next and that uh, accountability of keeping on moving with mm-hmm. it. And, and that's what I will do when we get to that point of, looking for publishing is really pick the right community to be publishing it out into. Yeah, that makes total sense. I had never thought about that before, but yeah, <laughs> it makes complete sense. It's like a facepalm moment where you're like, that is so simple. Why didn't I think of Marketing. that? Marketing, oh yeah. Yeah, like why didn't I think of that? But you're absolutely right. 
knowing that is so important. So let's say that somebody has now taken those tips. They've done a little bit of research. They've uh, maybe connected with somebody that they think, okay, um, I'm kind of interested. They seem to have the audience that I'm looking for. They, their, you know, referrals or the testimonials have been good. I'm looking at their track record. I'm feeling pretty good about this. Still have no idea about the writing part. What would you give them as some tips or strategies around that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, and with my projects, I always work one-on-one with the authors as well mm-hmm. and leaving that quite flexible up to each author to choose how they prefer to do that. Some like to do a lot of kind of chatting at the beginning and figuring out really, really what they want to sink their teeth into. Mm-hmm. Others like to go do a bunch of writing and then send me drafts to look at. Mm-hmm. So, but getting that really direct support as you're going through that is important as well. Mm-hmm. And One of the things I always suggest people keep in mind is pick one message. Like what is a key message you want the reader to walk away with Hmm. and make sure that you're circling back to that message. And because one of the things with writing is that it's quite easy to, to wander off course and start going on about something that's really not relevant at all. Mm -hmm. So when you're keeping that one center message in, in your mind, it really helps as you're, if you do start feeling like, oh, I'm wondering, or, oh, this, does this, is this even relevant to what I'm talking about? And Mm -hmm. then take yourself back to that one message. And then it's like, oh no, this isn't really relevant. I don't need that part. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely a huge part that I find works. And as well, making, jotting down some points of like, what are those things you really want to make sure you do include? Mm -hmm. And so that you can go back to those and and you can be expanding on those ideas and and again, reflecting back when you get near the end, did mm-hmm. I include all those important things I wanted to make sure I included? Right. And one thing to always keep in mind with any kind of project is it's not just about putting out as much as you can in the way of words. Mm-hmm. It's about making the words that you're using clear and powerful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, with most so of the, important. Most of my chapters are usually 2,000 to 2,500 words each. And so that's four to five pages on a paperback book. And and quite often at first people will go, oh, wow, that's so much. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then they start writing and suddenly realize they're already at 4,000 words and they haven't even hit what they wanted to say. Mm-hmm. So definitely keeping an eye on your word count. <laughs> that's That's all awesome. And I really like what you said about Essentially, it comes down to hand holding and support. If I'm going to get into this and I've never done anything like this before, clearly I'm going to feel a bit nervous about it. I'm not really sure what I'm doing or how to start or um, does this even make sense what I've written? Because you can't unknow what you know. Yeah. So what's in your yeah. head might not be super clear on a piece of paper when somebody else is reading it. It's clear to yeah. you, but it hasn't been conveyed clearly to them. So um, I, I love that there's a lot of of support in terms of the connection and that everybody does do things differently. Some people yes. don't want a lot of conversation because they need the time to focus. Mm-hmm. Other people, myself included, love a good conversation and want to be able to hash things out out loud before putting the pen to the piece of paper or fingers on keyboards. So um, obviously everybody is different and being able to accommodate that uh, is 
pretty awesome. So somebody's done their research. They have figured out who they like. They've now got some tips in mind on how they can kind of get this stuff done. And then what? What's next? Well, definitely, if you've already made that decision and you've jumped into a project, then that group should be supporting you through those next things. Mm -hmm. And so basically how it works in my system, I work directly with the authors, as I mentioned, at that first part, getting Mm -hmm. the chapter ready, getting Mm -hmm. a good draft. We go back and forth through a few editions, Mm -hmm. and then when we have a good draft ready, that's when we move over to the editing team. So we have actual professional editors that do the final editing points. Then from there, when everybody's chapters are ready, then it goes into a formatting process. Mm -hmm. We create marketing materials. So each one of the authors has personalized marketing that we'll be putting out in social media as Mm -hmm. the book comes out. Mm -hmm. We start doing those podcast interviews and different kinds of speaker series. So it starts building that momentum in everybody's different social media circles. and, And then as we move over onto the Amazon side, and start doing our launch, that's when we we create what we call our launch day. Mm-hmm. So basically, that means that we've picked one day that we're calling launch day, and that's where we want most of the activity going on. Mm-hmm. So we tell everybody, buy the book through Amazon on this day. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely a lot of kind of misunderstanding and things around what does this bestseller status mean? And basically... Through Amazon, what it means is, I like to describe it like a race with a number of different heats in the race. Okay. So really, Amazon throughout the day is doing checkpoints. And they're basically measuring who's at what point in the race at that time. Mm -hmm. So somebody's in first place, somebody's in fifth place, someone's in a hundredth place. Right. So that is your status. Mm -hmm. And to be bestseller means you're in the top 100. And of course, we always go for number one. So that Mm -hmm. means that we've hit a number one position at some point in that time in our category. There are many, many, many different categories Mm -hmm. now. So you pick a category that is appropriate for your book. Mm -hmm. And so you're basically racing against everybody else who's in that category on that day with activity going on. Mm -hmm. So it really can become an exciting game almost of where Mm -hmm. are we in that race. Mm -hmm. With one of our books, we were neck and neck with one of Brene Brown's books. <gasps> really? So when, when Prince Harry's book came out, we were jostling with him in a couple of categories. And so it's always fun to kind of see your book beside these other really well-known people. And, mm-hmm. and of course, part of the strategy, too, is finding categories that maybe these real huge celebrities aren't in. <laughs> Right. Because chances are they're going to hold on to the number one spot for a long right. time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas when there's, again, that's one of the great things with these anthology projects, we can, there's a lot of categories that we can fit into. Right. Given we've got 25 people sharing stories that are all slightly different. Mm-hmm. And so we can always find some categories that those real huge celebrities aren't in. Yeah. So we can I have never race. heard that explained that way. I really <laughs> like that explanation. It makes it very simple and easy to understand. Um, and that's wonderful. And again, at the beginning of this, we talked about the support after the fact the book is written, you have a copy in your hand. Now, what do you do with it? So I love that that process is an entire kind of one stop shop. You've made a decision that you want to do this. 
You have somebody who's an expert that's going to come and hold your hand and put you in the hands of other experts who understands the system and how it works. And then after the fact, can share with you tips and ideas on what to do with this now amazing book that you have in your hand and how you can use it to support yourself as well as the other authors. Um, You're right. There's such power when you bring people together toward a common goal. The ideas that people will share, I mean, it's the synergy there is so incredible because one person shares an idea and it sparks an idea in somebody else and it sparks an idea in somebody else. And next thing you've got five ideas you never even thought of before to be able to use your book to promote the legacy that you're living into. I absolutely love that. And I saw here that you have a freebie to give away to people. So tell us a little bit about your freebie. Yes. Yeah. So basically on my gift page, there's actually a few different options there. So one of them is a 30-minute chat where we can just get together on Zoom and talk about your dreams as an author and how I could support you and guiding you in the right direction, whether that's in focusing on your solo book or jumping into an anthology, just 30 minutes of let's talk about what your goals are and how I can help. Mm -hmm. And then also on that page is uh, links to doing a free download of some of my books that are launched so far. So you can just download a PDF for the whole book. That's amazing. And of course, that will be in the show notes for anybody who's interested. Because truthfully, I think if you've heard over the course of your life, you should really write a book. I know I've heard it a lot. You should really write a book. Um, If that's something that's kind of sat with you where you're thinking, maybe I should write a book. Like maybe there's a burning message in me somewhere that I'd like to talk about or I'd like to share. Or perhaps it is around creating your legacy. And often legacies are created out of a situation that's a a pain point in somebody's life. And so what are you doing with that pain point? Are you sitting and wallowing in it? Not a great book. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be a bestseller because who wants to read Doom and Gloom? But when you think about like if you didn't go that route, if you've chosen to rise above, to do more, to be more, to try to make somebody else's journey or experience easier, then there's a book in that. And there's a a message to be conveyed out into the world. And I think that that's so profound. And I love how you've explained this. It's very simple, but eloquent. And at the same time, really clear the path. I see that you are really clear on the path from start to finish, um, exactly how that works and how you can hold hands with people to help them. So now before we get to the tail end of this, tell us a little bit about the projects you've got ongoing. Are you looking for authors at the moment? Yes, yes. No, I always have several different projects on the go. And part of that is I, I like to have something for everyone. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes to me and they, they've they decided they want to be in a book, I want to be able to offer them different options mm-hmm. and find the one that's the right fit. Right. So again, going back to what I was talking about at the beginning, I feel that a, a book needs to be calling to you. A title and a theme needs to be something that you feel that urge that, yes, that's my book. Mm-hmm. And so right now I've got one book that's almost filled. So that one's called Ripple Effect of Impact. And again, that's women sharing their stories of how are you creating impact in the world right now? Mm-hmm. And what are the things that impacted you as well? Mm-hmm. I'm actually doing a book on grief right now that we're looking for people. So people that are either experts in coping with grief, 
or people that have gone through their own journey of grief. And again, grief meaning many things. So not just the loss of a person, mm -hmm. but you know, loss of a job, loss of a marriage, loss of a, there's so many things in life that give us mm -hmm. deep grief that we're yep. always dealing with. And so that's another one. One of the ones that I'm just closing the doors on right now is focused on women transforming leadership in business and community. Wow. And the new one that I'm just starting out right now is focused on supporting women that are making that leap from working a job to becoming entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So each chapter in that book will be a woman sharing her journey. Right. And then sharing her tools and strategies and tips on what are those things you need to know as you're making that leap. Wow. So then one of my other ones that really kind of can fit a wide range of ideas is called Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that title. So again, it's like finding the one that really calls to you that you feel like, yes, my story belongs in that book. Mm -hmm. I, I find it so important. Absolutely. And I'm sure that there will be people in the audience who were listening to this and thinking, oh, that's me. That's where I want to be. I have no idea. I had no idea before I listened to this, but now I want to do this. That's very exciting. So how can they find you if this is something that really interests them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the best way to find the details about my projects is through my website. Mm -hmm. So my website is inspiredtenacity.com. Mm -hmm. And on there, there's tabs that you'll see my books that are published. You'll see my list of current projects. And that list is always getting updated when I add new projects coming up. Mm -hmm. And as far as social media goes, LinkedIn is where I am most active. So you'll, you'll find me in a couple other places, but LinkedIn is where I tend to hang out. So look for me there. And, but yes, definitely my website's the best place for actually finding those details about the different projects. Fabulous. And all that information will, of course, be in the show notes. So if you're driving, do not try to type this while driving. That is distracted driving. It is both illegal and bad. Don't do it. Um, so it'll be in the show notes. You will absolutely be able to find this. And of course, um, if people wanted to reach out to just connect with you to have a conversation, that's something you're open to as well, right? Yes, exactly. And throughout my website, there's different buttons to, that go directly to my calendar. And so just feel free to book a time that works for you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we'll have a chat about what books can do for you. Awesome. <laughs> and that exploratory session, that is free, right? There's no cost yes. to somebody. Because again, yep. people worry that I might be interested, but yes. is she going to yes. charge me? And, and I don't know how much. Yes. Yes. So it's a complimentary call. Mm -hmm. So if this is something that as an audience member, you're listening to this and thinking, huh, maybe I could do that. If this is, as Kathy said, calling to you, if it's tugging on your heartstrings, if it's making you pause for thought, then that's a space that you should actually explore to see if it could be a good fit for you. I highly encourage you to reach out to Kathy. I've had several calls with her myself, um, not specifically on this topic, but on this topic. Um, and, uh, it's been amazing. She's just like this when you talk to her. So this is not put on for the podcast today. She really is this genuine and warm and clear in her explanation of things. Kathy, I've really enjoyed this conversation. You've given me a lot to think about and hopefully a, a lot for our audience to think about in terms of a legacy that they could create by writing a chapter in a book 
or to write a chapter to continue to move the needle forward on a legacy they're currently living into. It's a great tool to use. I absolutely love that. And I want to thank you for your time and the gift of your wisdom today. Thank you very much for having me. I love to share with your community. For sure. And folks, if you're listening to this and you've you've given us the attention all the way through to the end, I just want to point out that Kathy and I think you are awesome. Go start living your legacy today. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. Join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.